Hello, my name is Craig Taylor Bryant, and this is Screen One, a podcast where I review, ramble, rave, occasionally rant about films in the cinema. In this episode, I try my very best to chat about Avatar The Way of Water with my good friend, Will Fletcher. Um, we do kind of stray off and talk about all sorts of films because we both kind of felt that the film didn't maybe meet the expectations we had for it. Uh, so do bear with us as we kind of go on several tangents, but it was a fun conversation. Uh, do also bear in mind this was recorded back in December, so there are a couple things here and there that won't line up. As you'll see later on, we talk a little bit about the box office, for example. Anyway, without further ado, this is my discussion about Avatar The Way of Water. Since we watched it together, I've slightly come around on Avatar in certain ways where I was I don't think I was giving it enough credit for what it was doing. I was just focusing on what it wasn't doing. Yeah. Um, but what what in your opinion, what was it not doing? To me it wasn't doing the uh characters of like Jake Sully and Natiri well enough because Natiri's like a completely different character in this film. She's just sad mother and Jake Sully though his character's more consistent with what I remember at least from the last film I think him having two sons one being the infallible I do everything great and one being the one who's maybe a bit more feeling but he's yeah exactly um, a bit more curious it didn't grab me as much as let's say House of the Dragon or something where he, like when you see the king's children like they're both evil people but they're both so different and they've both got their good points and bad points I really never thought I'd see a comparison between House of the Dragon and Avatar <laughs> <laughs> well they're both like royalty houses right I mean, they're both not set in the modern day. There we go, almost. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the human stuff that I liked in the first one was written off. But then this one had a lot more impressive ideas for world building. Yeah. And the stuff with the humans now also being these avatar bodies made me enjoy like halfway through I forgot I was like am I even watching CG anymore these are just some blue monkey people that might live in Tunisia or something I don't know (laughs) it's just a nature documentary (laughs) (laughs) this guy's pulling a harpoon out of a whale cool this this could happen in real life I don't it's like one of those um, like I I think I saw I can't remember what it was it might have been something like Harry Hill if you ever watched that but there was this whole thing about um, him making fun of um, documentaries. It might have even been Russell, uh, whatever the comedian name Russell is. Howard. Russell Howard. Yeah. How they talked about how in documentaries, um, there's a guy who just watches one predator hunt a prey or something. And you're just like, why are you just filming it? Help them. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if it was Avatar, you'd just kind of think, why aren't you sending this information to someone useful who could help save these poor indigenous people? Mm. 
Well, you know, they actually sign forms or they're not allowed to do that. Oh, they're really? not allowed to interfere with um, the habitat and, like, nature. And that's almost what I felt like when the seca- the sun met that whale. Mm. Um, it was like, you're just kind of watching two almost misfits bond. It's, it, you know, it's a very like that, tried yeah. and tested section of the film, uh, of, yeah. of media, but it's still a well done bit. I, th- I think it's one of the stronger bits of the film. Definitely. A bit a bit that really weirded me out was when they, how they left. They just kind of up and left. Yeah. And it's like, the, if you didn't capture Spider, oh, spoilers, whoops. Like, you <laughs> wouldn't know this happened. And if anything, the people might just run back in and kill everyone in the tree. Maybe I missed something there. But that kind of weirded me out. And then, oh, actually, totally unrelated. Hang on, hang on. When you say kill everyone in the tree, do you mean just kill all of their people, the Na'vi? Yeah. Because they think they've left. How's that a weird thing, though? Like it's it's I mean it's sure it's a weird thing to think about, but it's not a bad thing, is it? It's not a bad thing that um a certain thing that happens in the plot saved these other people. I d I don't know. No, I think I've 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 said this the wrong way around. When they left the tree to go be with the water people, the humans didn't know that happened. So if I was one of the humans, I would have thought they went back to their own tribe and I would have just sent a rocket ship or a nuke straight into the tree. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, cool, he's dead. But obviously they there are explanations for this. But when I was first thinking about it before I like fully formed my opinions, I was like, they couldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, there's a reason why. Mm. I suppose there's little things that were also sort of had to be left and forgotten about along the way as well. Like, I feel like um, you could argue, oh, yeah, they want to focus on Jake Sully because he's leading this resistance against them all. Yeah. But at the same time, you start to wonder because he changes his mind and decides to run away with his family. So he's not a threat to them anymore. Mm. So why don't they go for just the people that might still be putting up a fight instead of hunting down this guy who's running away with his family. Yeah, I can see that. There was a bit... I think what the thing with Avatar for me, sadly, unlike most of James Cameron's other films, is that I don't think the world is interesting. Mm. And that's one of the things that has always been a stickler for me is the pan it's not called pandora is it that's in borderlands what's it called it's called pandora it is called pandora oh phew i don't think the world is as interesting as he thinks it is and i I, like i like all the allegories to humans destroying the trees and humans destroying the oceans and that but it's not interesting for me in a long run. I don't want to watch a spin-off TV show about 
the people left up in the trees. And I don't want to watch. I don't want as much of this world as I can. While if we go back to Blade Runner or Star Wars, we only really ever see tiny insular bits of the story. And mm. there could be so much more. I don't. Apart from Jake Sully and that story and the story with that certain army man, I really care about the rest of it, you know? Yeah. It does make you wonder what it is that makes it so appealing to everyone, though, because, I mean, you and me still went to go and see it, and it's still broken a billion, and it's only been, what, two weeks? It's broken a billion, has it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not realise that. I'm glad, though, because... James Cameron's a great director. No one's going to say that he's not, right? Terminator's fantastic. Terminator 2 is one of the best action films of its time. Titanic is big, and (laughs) it's a very big film, and everyone loves it. The Abyss is great. And for someone to spend so much... Spend 13 years on this sequel, there has to be something there that he wanted to say. There had to be something there that he wanted to make apparent to an audience and show that he had the ability to do. I I heard that he went away from this film because he he was... I've I've, I've watched a few behind-the-scenes things, and I heard that he was approached or something about actually going out and doing some stuff to help the planet or something. He went away to um, different areas of 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 the planet to explore different... Uh, tribes or just explore the bottom of the ocean as well with his submarine that he's apparently got. And I think maybe all of these things that he's done have I don't know if educated is the right word to say because I don't want to say he's uneducated but they've informed some of his ideas in this one in making all of it more personal because it does feel a little bit more personal like you want to make the Na'vi more relatable because the protagonist is now one of them, you know, um, explore them as just people rather than a native tribe. Though on the and... flip side to that, the humans become so much less character. They, yes. they are almost inhuman that yeah. I'm not as... Like in the first film, because he started out as a human, it's like, oh my god, this is what my actions were doing. This is the stuff I didn't see. In this one, it's, oh, those people I used to be 20 years ago, you know, now they're doing even worse stuff. It felt a lot more, a lot less like he was atoning for his sins or his his, um, species' sins. There's no connection to the humans, at least at this point in the series of films. Yeah, and though I didn't mind that when I was watching it, it still made that... Do you remember the bit in the first one where he jumped on the bulldozer and smashed the camera up? Because he uh... was... So him and Neytiri had that, like, moment in the in the trees. Right. And she they fell asleep, and when they woke up, the place was being bulldozed. And he got up and started smashing the thing up. And it was almost like his turning point of, look what is happening to this world. Look, even though you're working both sides, one of the sides you're working for is destroying the other one. Yeah. And he kind of had to make a choice from then. This one, what was the choice he had to make? Which one of his sons he preferred? 
I don't think so. I, I think there was actually a choice. I think it was a decision of how do you how do you protect your family, but also like what sometimes choose you you don't have to choose between fighting for your people and fighting for your family because sometimes they are one and the same thing. Actually, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. Though though it's probably to me still less impactful than the first one. I can definitely see that. Yeah. I did in 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 all fairness though I did watch it again last night. <laughs> okay. Did, did, how was it on a rewatch? I think it was actually slower. Oh, I think look. it was it was a slower burn when you kind of know exactly what's coming. I think it's easier in some segments to be engaged because I think sometimes when you watch it in 3D you're just paying attention to what's going to look 3D. So I'm glad I watched it in 2D this time. Just so mm -hmm. I could, I could focus on, in a weird way, actually, I liked Pandora more. I like looking at Pandora more when I wasn't looking at it in 3D. Yeah. Because I was actually paying attention to the beauty of it rather than, oh yeah, does this, what does this look like in 3D? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it to pop out of the screen instead of actually looking at it. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And even though it's made to be watched in 3D, I think the thing that most people are talking about with this is the higher frame rate. I'm pretty sure it's in uh, 58 frames a second? 56 frames a second? Uh, so a lot of the underwater stuff, at least. Right. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I still don't understand frame rate in film, to be honest. No? Oh, <laughs> um, but he said he wanted it to feel more real underwater but the weird thing is is it changes frame rates between shots like what why would you do that I'll take uh, your word on that <laughs> <laughs> um and i saw i've seen a lot of people say oh it looks too much like a video game cool video games look amazing yeah video it's games have changed so much and i think i think sometimes like beautiful worlds like this work better when you're engaging with it as a video game do you think there is a way you could get a film audience to engage with this without it being like a bandersnatch choose your own adventure i don't think you can engage with it no i mean i guess the closest you're going to get is the whole 4d 3d thing yeah because and... the um the the rides at disney seem to be really interesting people but it's not the same. No. I think I, I heard a rumour that they were making a game about Avatar. They did make one when the first one came out. It did really poorly. But I do wonder how it would do um, nowadays when the game game budgets and all that have almost caught up to not Avatar, but like what a normal movie costs. Yeah. Here's a weird fact. Have you have you watched The Boys? Yeah. You know M.M. in The Boys? Of course. Did you know he played the main um, blue guy in the first Avatar? You know, the guy who didn't like Jake at the beginning and laughed at him when he couldn't get the... Uh, when he couldn't get the dragon? I had no idea. Yeah. It's... I was really uh, shocked by that, that 
all these actors that were in that film that I just had no idea because the CG was that good. There was a couple others, but that was the main one. Yeah. He was in that, that this film for about five seconds, wasn't he? <laughs> they just I don't know. Honestly, I didn't know he was in the film. I was I was about to ask you if he died in the first one. The he um <laughs> when they leave the planet he gives uh you know you're supposed to kill the last person who runs the tribe. Yeah. That's what they did to him, but instead they just cut his chest. They just cut Jake's chest, didn't they? The guy who cut his chest was um the guy from The Boys. Oh, right. God, I mean, I, you, you do have to wonder if they brought him back just to do that, or if they had someone stand in. Yeah, because he must cost a lot more now. Yeah. Now he's in the <laughs> biggest show on Amazon. Is Rings of you... Power bigger than The Boys? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same to me, fair. I don't think it deserves to be. <laughs> oh. Did you watch it? No, but I haven't heard Alex stop complaining about it yet. So I watched uh, three episodes of it. And at the, at the time, House of the Dragon was out. And it just, I was like, why would I watch this? I'll watch it when it's finished. And then all the reviews came out about it. So I might watch it later on, but. Lords of the Rings is something that I'm very hit or miss with. Something that me and Alex argue about a lot. Yeah, I I understand the appeal of it. But as it is, I just think... I don't know. I feel like if I watched it first when I was younger, I would appreciate it a lot more. Because it was all fun action, like, a lot of yeah. the time. Um, But I remember I, when I watched The Fellowship of the Ring, I, like, at least at the end, I did feel like there was a bit of heart to it. And it did have its its moments. Um, but I was, I was, I've never been as invested as I'm sure a lot of nerds are in that, in that franchise. It's something that they both have in common, both Lords of the Rings and Avatar, the new Avatar, especially the way of war. They're both too black and white with their good and evil. We have a massive thing now. Of that was a great segue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our main characters now are these um they start off good and they'll turn bad or maybe they're an anti-hero think dexter heisenberg kylo ren you know all of these different characters who you never want someone who's fully good or fully evil mm -hmm. and the second avatar definitely has that i know it's different in lords of the rings because there's some law reason oh the gods actually made him evil and good and i don't care can i just say i'm pretty sure kylo ren would have just been the bad guy if episode 8 didn't happen yeah he he became more of a gray character because of episode 8 and the whole thing with the mistake that luke made and people will whinge and moan and be like but luke wouldn't do that luke's made he mistakes would, in the though. past before he's 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 made he's had he's had errors in judgment before and if he saw a future where Leia or Han's life was threatened. We don't know what he saw. Yeah, but if say he saw that the dark side and overpowered his dad in the end of Episode Six, or when yeah. he tried to strike the Emperor down, like it, it, have people not watched Star Wars? Like, come yeah. on. And Luke's made errors in judgment based on something he's seen in the future. If you look at Empire Strikes Back, for fuck's sake, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Even though he knows it's a trap. Yeah. 
Um, but go, but just tying it into Avatar again. Um, um, I feel like in a future movie, in in the next film that comes along, they might do a better job of making the humans look less like just the bad guys. Well, you can't get much worse than what they did in this one. The, yeah. the Aussie guy who's, you know, I'm here to, you know, kick ass and chew bubblegum. And, I'm, you know, he just sounded like, he just sounded like any 80s action hero. Like You know what I thought was hilarious? I don't know if, I don't know if you'll remember this because I, I caught it on the second watch. But there was, um, there were moments when the colonel was arguing with the Australian guy and, like the Australian guy was saying, like, um, oh, these I can't I, I can't remember what the name of the race the underboard people was, but they said was saying all about how they're so connected to these whale people and they're like basically brother and sister. Um and then the colonel was just like, Yeah, but we gotta lure Jake Sully out. And it's just funny how quickly they go to right, let's just go make some money then. And then they go hunting for these whale things. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so stupid. But like, hey, at the end of the day, at least they were Australian and not British, hey? Oh, the the British villain, <laughs> love it. Uh, you can't, you can't be like too harsh on the middle film in a franchise. Like, nothing's gonna be Empire Strikes Back in that. And if there's gonna be some payoffs in Avatar two, uh, in Avatar three and four. What was set up in this one to give you payoffs apart from Spider saving his dad for no reason? I don't think there was no reason. And oh, I think, yeah. I think it was a big thing. I think it's the perfect setup for making the humans less just all bad. I think they're doing... It's, it's a very overly done trope, obviously, but I think they're going to Kylo Ren it and show spike going over to their side because of how he's been treated as a bit of an outcast in jake solly's family yeah like he's i agree he's he he was so closely connected to um don't even know her name but the one sigourney weaver was voicing the younger kid oh yeah the the jesus sure yeah. well you know virgin birth you know yeah. exactly like a mum voiced by a mum you know yeah, I guess, yeah. Woman um, Jesus. We'll call her Woman Jesus then. There we go. Um, <laughs> That's a canon name. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think Woman Jesus is Spike's <laughs> only connection. <laughs> Spike's only connection to that family, really. And um, I mean, whilst, whilst I think um, the two sons did care about her, I, I think they're going to be even more distant now. I think you know, in a way, because they've—I don't know—one of the sons is gone, and I—I I don't know. I just—I feel like for some reason, you know what? I don't really know. Where I'm going with this point, but the other point I was going to make was—I um, think you threw me off with the Jesus thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Avatar Jesus. Um, I feel like she's going to be the thing because I I feel like in the next film Spike is going to choose the humans. It means Spider. 
is is it spider okay i think it's spider wait let okay. me have a look i feel like it's a problem with james cameron films where sometimes you can forget the names of the characters like vin diesel who was he in avatar 2 he was one of the trees was <laughs> we'll <see>. family <laughs> <laughs> maybe you are right i can't find him i found norm spellman who is that but i can't find Spike, Spider, whatever. The name sounds oh, familiar. Spider it is Spider. Jack yeah. Champion. What a, what a name. Jack Let's Champion. your name being Champion. <laughs> oh my god. I do think Avatar Jesus is going to be what turns Spider back over to <laughs> the Na'vi side. Yes. Well, he went back with the Na'vi people, right? At the end. Yes, but I just feel like um, they've set him up being conflicted, and saving him is a big deal. It shows that he at least cares about, I don't know if I should call him his dad, but he at least cares about his dad to save his life, despite everything he's heard about him. And yes. I feel like that's not there for no reason. I feel like that's there to set up something that will be expanded on later probably in the next film that's mm -hmm. my thought at least who's the main character in avatar 2 i think it's probably jake sully but i think the biggest problem is there is such a massive cast that i don't really think there is one yeah i i genuinely wanted your opinion because i thought it was the second son but he They're dies, doesn't two... he? He's the one who dies. No, the older son's the one who dies. Oh, okay, right. I thought it was the... Yeah, the misfit son. The one who's not as good at fighting and all that. Um... The misfit son is the one that dies? No, no, the misfits... He... Um, they think he dies right at the beginning, don't they? They have that little raid, and Jake Sully's like, oh my god, he's shaking all the people. And he thinks one of his sons died, has died. Yeah. And then it wasn't. No, the the one that dies is the um. The the older one. You know, I'm really glad about that. I think for some reason, I did struggle to tell them apart in some moments. Mm -hmm. I know one of them is taller, but I think maybe they both look a little. Cool. They but they both think they both maybe look a little too much like their dad, where it's. It's hard to tell them apart because they look so similar. Yeah, I definitely agree. And in a time where there's so much great sci-fi coming out, this really has to, you know, do its best just to be seen from the rest. Like, I don't, I didn't know if you enjoyed uh, Dune from last year, uh, from 2021. I but... just, I felt like it was a bit of a slog, to be honest. Okay, but at least that had like the world building and that kind of thing, and it made you like, well, you've got all these families, the emperors there. I'm obviously very biased here because I love the books, but I think it would have been so much better as a TV show. What, like a Game of Thrones TV show? Yes, like, yeah, I can see that because I just feel like. Especially if you're packing so much setup into one film, it's just like it's missing 
to me at least it's missing enough build-up that is probably going to come in the next film yeah but i I shouldn't have to wait until a second film for the build-up of tension Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah, I guess the the ending of just a one-on-one fight was a bit of a meh. But at the same time, I enjoyed it more than The Fourth Matrix, another sci-fi film from this uh, from this year. Oh, oh no, it did come out in 2021. Which I don't... really has people like one side or the other. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even on one side or the other. I'm somewhere in between because I think it has some really cool ideas. Mm-hmm. I think they really tried to modernize it with the whole video game thing. And the fact that they were talking about it as in the real world, as if it was a video game sequel, I just thought that was brilliant. That was yeah. that was just, that was trippy and that was brilliant. I think, yes, the execution wasn't great. And I do think, like, what the hell were they thinking and not bringing back, um, is it Florence? something um the guy who played morpheus lawrence fishburne lawrence fishburne what were they thinking in not bringing him back yeah my thing is uh hugo weaving was meant to be in it and then he had a i'm pretty sure it was a stage performance that overran and they just went eh we'll just put jonathan gorth in there which don't get me wrong Golf is great. Jonathan Golf played um the a- Agent Smith in the new one. Well, that's Hugo Weaving, is it? Hugo Weaving played Agent Smith in the old the old movies, right? Um, I don't think he needed to come back. To be fair, I well, think he's, he was on the list. He's he's, he's iconic. He's he's iconic, but I think the biggest flaw in that is he's aged, doesn't he? Yeah, and but it's... so Keanu. Yeah, but he's not a program, is he? He's still a human being. Yeah. You don't mind this tangent on The Matrix, do you? Because I've got one point. No. I, I love this tangent. Okay. So <laughs> I've I've been watching um a bunch of um oh what's the guy you wrote um Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? No idea. His name. Uh, Charlie Kaufman. So Charlie Kaufman wrote Being John Malkovich and Synecdoche, New York and Eternal Sunshine is great. And he did a film called Adaption where it's about him writing Being John Malkovich and he dramatizes his own life experience. And there's bits where you watch them film the scene from being John Malkovich and then something else happens behind the scenes. I'm just going to say this isn't my idea. Like, I read this on uh, Reddit or something. I can't remember where, but... What if this new one... What if this new Matrix was them filming the Matrix? Instead of them using the footage in the background, they use... It was them filming the original Matrix movie, and then they would come back out, and then things would start happening that were weird on set. Oh, damn. Could you imagine how awesome that would have been? (laughs) You would have had to see that like five times. Yeah, that's all kinds of brave lies. Oh, if it didn't work, you would have ruined everything. (laughs) 
Maybe I I I wouldn't be surprised if that was an idea that was on the table at some point. That you know, in the board meeting and the in the in the new matrix, that was one of the things they talked about. They were like, "Oh, maybe we could do it where we were creating the game," but they just went all the way down of <laughs> these like hundreds of different ideas. That was my favorite bit of the film, where they're just sort of brainstorming ideas for a game or something about the matrix or the matrix sequel or something. Mm -hmm. That was that was my favorite part. That was the bit that actually sticks out to me more than anything in that film. Mine was the where they redid the beginning of the first Matrix with uh, Jessica Henwick watching it, and then it goes wrong because they're like, "That's not Trinity," and then it goes wrong because the the agents are too good. I like that, mm. but. There's so much there that could have been great. Yeah, definitely. Like, like Avatar. You know? <laughs> I waited yeah. for both of these sequels for a long time, and both of them did things I liked and things I really didn't. There are a lot of films now that are that are trying to... I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's Hollywood, and Hollywood's changed so much to a point where it's not going to take enough risks anymore, unfortunately. Um that it's a common thing now to do a uh, reboot slash sequel of a lot of these franchises. Yeah. And they can go either which way because, I mean, Top Gun Maverick has proven that it is possible. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's it's definitely possible to watch Top Gun Maverick without watching the first one. Yes. I, I actively encourage people not to watch the first one because <laughs> I really don't did not like it. Um, but I was one of those people who really didn't think Top Gun Maverick was going to be good. You know, it's like, really? It's like, here's another two hours of Tom Cruise attempting to kill himself in the most expensive way possible. You know, he's done all of these Mission Impossible films. Now he's going to yeah. do another Top Gun. And but I think, I think that single film, I think that single film had a lot more heart than most Mission Impossible films. Yeah. I can't talk much bad stuff on Tom Cruise because he's in my favorite film ever. And I I think he, every time he needs to put in a great performance, he always does. What is your favorite film ever then? Magnolia. If you uh if you're into Paul Thomas Anderson and all that. Uh he plays a pickup artist. Right. One those people you, you know, they teach this alpha male mentality and he's just the most unlikable person I, I don't want to swear he's just the most unlikable mother trucker in the world and just you kind say of... whatever you want as long as you don't say mother trucker <laughs> <laughs> he's the most unlikable cunt but i cannot hate him but yeah i i, I tell you what i was watching avatar and i was thinking like matrix like top gun maverick like all the other tangents we've been on um, <laughs> um much it, of this we have you have we actually talked about avatar before <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's just a bit of a joke um it's it, it actually does do a decent job of being a reboot and a sequel i think you can just watch this one without watching the first one can you because the first thing that happens with the army guys, he sees his he sees his dead body. You're like, why is that there? Never explained. 
Do you? Yeah, the first thing that happens is he comes down and he sees his dead body shot with arrows. And then he sees the arrows. He's like, oh, the uh, Neytiri did that to me. Do I have the names up so I remember the names of the avatars? Yes. But they do explain that. Um, there's yes. a whole thing with him leaving a message for himself that if you're watching this and I'm dead. Um, oh, yeah. Cliche. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I like that more or less. <laughs> but, you know, it it has to, I think, since a lot of films are doing it, it has to be considerate of someone might be watching this and not even know they're watching the second one. Yeah. I think Marvel's kind of set a, set a precedent for you don't have to watch the previous movies. You can just watch this. I mean, the amount of people who just watched Avengers Endgame and didn't watch any of the previous Marvel movies is insane to me. True. But, like, what was the last Marvel superhero film that really, like, impressed you? Okay, let me think. Uh, including TV shows. Including TV shows. Yeah, so we've got Wakanda Forever, She-Hulk, Attorney and Law, Miss Marvel, Thor, Love and Thunder. It's Maybe. kind of a toss-up, to be honest. So you mean just the most recent one? Uh, we'll go this, what they called, wave? Phase. Phase. Okay, if Loki counts, probably Loki. Okay, so we're in phase four, are we not? Are we in phase four? I'm oh, so behind on Marvel. I, I haven't I think, watched the Eternals. I'm honestly not sure if we've gone to Phase 5 yet, because I've heard that they're not doing a big, epic um, event ending for Phase 4. So it could be Phase 4, it could be Phase 5, I don't know. Oh no, right. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is in Phase 4, so we'll say we're in Phase 4. Okay. Because that's the newest thing. Well, if we're talking about Phase 4 then, then I would say Loki. Because yeah. I do like some of the things that Moon Knight did as well. But um, I think Loki changed my mind about Loki, which I wasn't expecting. You never liked Loki, did you? Which really interested me, because I always loved him. I get why people liked him, but I just don't understand. You can be the god of mischief without dying four or five times. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, Loki's dead for the 19th time. I wonder if he's going to come back. <laughs> Yeah. He even and the, died. But also, it's kind of like you and Top Gun Maverick. I went into Loki not wanting to like it or not expecting to like it. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh my god, this is following the cop-out thing they did in Avengers Endgame. You know? Because um, I, I'm, my other answer would have been Avengers Infinity War. Because I thought Avengers Infinity War was actually being ambitious. And then the Endgame just throws all that out the window. I agree. And Loki was one of those things that was thrown out the window. You know, his um, him being strangled, him sacrificing himself for Thor is all lost when a past version of him escapes anyway. A past version that's going to go on the same story arc anyway. The same character arc. Yeah. But I guess in, in, in some ways I don't know why, but I just it made me like Loki even more, which I wasn't expecting. Not like him even more. It made me like him. Like him. Um, yeah. It explored him in a whole different way and showed things that he didn't get to see the first time around as well. I, I think it. I think it showed parts of his mum's sacrifice or something which he didn't see. 
he didn't I, i'm pretty sure there was a whole thing where they show clips of events in his life or something and there's a clip from uh, man this is a hell of a tangent um <laughs> of, of, of in thor 2 his mum sacrificing herself yeah and it was just it was a perfect character study and him trying to change a version of himself uh sylvia i think her name was um was the perfect way to make him better as a character to sort of sort of change him was to have a literal reflection of him that he wanted to change yeah 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 and now he's set up for the new ant-man which no one's gonna watch but still who's set up for the new ant-man uh the main guy at the end of um uh loki yeah what about him should we talk about when we watched um avatar 2 and there was a ant-man quantumania trailer which was so weirdly scream screens that we literally couldn't see what was happening do you remember this another segue <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember i remember that i don't oh, know why it looked so weird God. <laughs> so for context it was um it was like they were trying to force 3d through a non-3d lens so it was trying to show the same image twice and it was just making the entire screen shake like between um while the other i had to uh, like avert my eyes because it was genuinely making me feel sick it was i I remember all of us looking at each other or looking at one one of us was looking at the other um because there was a group of us one of us was looking at someone and we were just thinking is this a part of the trailer yeah like is this the point to kind of look like the quantum realm or something um and Alex was like sort of going on and off his 3D classes, taking them on, putting them, taking them off, putting them on, trying to figure out if it was supposed to be 3D or not. But it was just so confusing. I don't think it was meant to be watched by humans at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and then that didn't really help because as the film went on, the 3D just... I, I've never been great with 3D. And by the end, my eyes were streaming. I actually forgot we were watching a 3D film by the end. Really? What, just because you got used to it or because you literally couldn't see it was 3D anymore? I think I'd gotten used to it. I think maybe I would have been better off watching it again in 3D, just seeing if there were were any, like, 3D things I was just missing. Yeah. Because I think there were actually certain points when I was really engaged with what was going on and just forgot that it was... I was supposed to be looking out for things that stuck out as a 3D film. Like there was a point, there was there was a peak of the story for me. There was a point when I know you didn't like it, but there was that whole point when those whale when that whale thing came in and saved um, saved the kids when they when they were cuffed to the boat. Yeah. Um, and all of the sea people. I really wish I knew their names. The sea people, they come out from under the, over the water and they t- see it as their opportunity to attack. I just, I loved that moment and how it all sort of builds from there. I do think maybe it does drag out a tiny bit when they're all trapped underneath the ship or in the sinking ship. Yeah. James Cameron's got an excellent sense of action and consequence. You know, every time you watch one of his films, um, 
he can film action in a way where you're always interested in what's going on and like you always understand how like what's going on with the people i'm going to use the obvious example of um the storm drain chase with the helicopter in terminator 2 or even just the car park chase in the first terminator you have this sense of where everybody is and what's happening even though you're also getting exposition fed to you by mm. carl reese while it's happening you're not really focusing on it and it, re- it is a real it, it makes the whole film interesting in a way that not many other a- action d- directors can if we look at someone like um who directs the transformers films uh michael bay michael bay yeah you know if he's showing anything while there's action scenes it's going to be exploiting women you know yeah. and at some point i i can't be bothered with his films nowadays i think the last one I watched and liked was, well, liked is a strong word, but the last one I got through was Six Underground, and even then I wasn't massive on that film either. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. That's how long that's how long it's been since I watched one. Wow. <laughs> well, um, my favorite person in the world in it, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he made oh no, he made Ambulance, uh, this year. I completely forgot. Did you watch Ambulance? I did not. Ambulance had Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Yes. I think that was the only reason why at one point I considered watching it. Yeah. But then I sort of looked at the reviews and there was nothing but bad things being said about it. There's a bit where they perform surgery with a hair clip and I started laughing. Oh, God. (laughs) It's really funny. But, I mean, other than money, I don't see. I suppose money must have been the thing that got Jake Gyllenhaal to do it. Oh, definitely. Because he's a great actor. I don't think he's like a Ryan Gosling character or someone who all these like everyone can look at and go wow I'm really like interested in what if in anything he does but actually maybe not because even in like Prisoners he's like the, one of the best parts of the film I do no, think I, think that Jake I do like think he's um, why has his name escaped me Adam Driver Jake Gyllenhaal like Adam Driver I think only does these mainstream films so you can get a bit of money on the side to do the things he actually wants to do now. Like Marriage Story. Yeah, I still haven't seen Marriage Story. but Marriage I... Story's very good. He's been on a real roll recently. He did House of Gucci, which I've heard very mixed things about. And then he's just done okay. Noise, which I'm guessing you'd probably have seen. Did you say White Noise? White Noise, yes. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Only reason I know it is um, LCD Sound System has a song in it. Right, which they have us also have a song in Avatar too. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it back slightly. <laughs> we'll figure out another way to get back. Didn't who did do the song at the end of Avatar two? There was a song at the end of Avatar two. Yeah, it was good. Oh, it was the weekends. I thought you were going to say it was like Circle of Life or something. No. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, because the weekend did what's it called? Nothing is lost. Ten million views on Spotify already, or listens. All right, people really like it. Gee. I do. Um, I do think a lot of people love this film. Like there are there are critics I trust that are saying really good things about it that really love it. Yeah, and I'm still kind of unsure 
because it does have those moments that engage you again but i feel like it's another issue of runtime i think i i think whilst there's a lot of characters that you have to explore three hours is just a long time <laughs> are there any three hours films that have ever kept you like interested mm. the entire time schindler's list oh okay that's one that you can't cut anything off that film mm-hmm I think it's absolutely wonderful that there are some stories now that can be told in a much more compact, but also, um, I don't know if extended is the right word. Like you can, you can tell the whole story, but you can also make it compact and digestible through TV shows now. Yeah. Would you have like, preferred this as a TV? Um, would you have preferred Avatar 2 as a TV show? I don't think Avatar would have worked as a TV show. Not at all. No, I just, I don't think there's, there's enough drama to find a good cutting off point where it's still engaging episode to episode if it was a TV show. Okay. See, I completely disagree with you though. I think this would have been, you could have had so much more. If this was a six or eight episode TV show, there could have been so much to this show to, 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 you could have given more to Sam Worthington to do what's Jake Sully to do. Sorry. Mm. You could give a lot more. So maybe it would explain why water Jesus could talk to the um, plants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess. Just, it would just give it that little bit more. So there wasn't that one hour in the middle, which felt like a nature documentary. Mm. That would have kind of just been most of the show, and it would have been a bit slower. Maybe, you know what? Maybe this is what he's going to do with the nine-hour cut. There's a nine-hour cut. So he said if he doesn't, if this movie flops and the next movie flops, he's going to bring out a nine-hour cut of the next film. Uh, I can't see him being allowed to release that. Yeah. So I think they'll either do a Snyder cut or they'll cut it up into little episodes. See, um, I, I just feel it, like Avatar is one of those things that's only meant for cinema. I hate to sound like Nolan-esque in the, oh, this is the cinema experience and blah, blah, blah. But I do genuinely think Avatar is just a cinema thing. Well, you're not that Nolan-esque. You're not, you know... <laughs> blowing up a nuclear bomb in the middle of the Sahara. That frustrates me so much. Because yeah, I saw your tweet about it. Yeah, no one no one responds to my tweet. <laughs> I did. What did you? I, 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 I tweeted but but boom boom on screen or something. And you, you didn't you didn't respond. I thought you got I, mad at me. <laughs> no, I for some reason I didn't get any notifications and I thought, okay, well that's just me shouting into the void again. Yeah. Um no, I just, it's like, how pretentious can you be when you get to a point where, like, you really don't want to use CGI, so let's turn up the heat of the planet. You know, it's struggling with everything we're hearing weather-wise as it is, so let's literally just create a bomb and set it off, because I'm a filmmaker that can get away with anything, and 
it frustrates me so much. It's literally him doing what av- what the humans in Avatar are doing. Yeah, they're like just doing it for the betterment of the you yeah. know of the humans. So you know what? The people in Avatar are better because they're doing it because the planet is in trouble and they want to find somewhere else to live in and, and inhabit. Christopher Nolan just wants to do it to show that he can. <laughs> yeah. Though I really don't think a lot of people share your uh, opinion because a lot of people think the ends justify the means, not really understanding how. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Because, well, a lot of people think that, oh, if the film comes out and it's good, then it's worth it. Even though it's not worth it, you're burning the planet. Yes. And that is the message of this Avatar film, you know? Like, look yeah. what humans are doing. Can I just say that was a brilliant job we did there of another segue it was <laughs> this is no, this is our thing we now have to bring up things that are completely out of context and somehow bring it back to avatar do you ever play that wikipedia game where you somehow got to get from one subject to one that's completely unrelated yeah yeah i did that last night with my yeah mate. it's like we play that game oh uh, um should we start with gummy bears and see if we can get back to avatar <laughs> so <laughs> Why are there no blue gummy bears? Maybe because they're all in the Avatar. What? No, that was shit. Okay. Yeah, that was just. That was just. That was. That was. That was, just, that was too quick. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was trying too hard. That was. Oh, um, hang on. Oh no. What? So you know, uh, they had Avatar three and four announced. Yeah. James Cameron has announced Avatar 5. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Guess what year it's coming out? Go on. I'm going to be 27. It's coming out in 2028. I, do, do you think I, James Cameron will die before he makes the final act of this story? I hope not. But I don't know. I How just worry that he's Cameron? going to... I don't know. He's he's looking a bit like aged now, isn't he? To be fair, James Cameron's always looked old. Sixty-eight. So he's going to be well into his seventies. He's going to be some insane like David Lynch character with <laughs> "Get out of my office! I'm making Avatar 17. <laughs> he's got a monocle. <laughs> oh God. Or we'll get to a point where he's like Clint Eastwood and no one can hear him say action. Yeah. So. Oh, God. oh no. Is this what we have to deal with now? The old directors owning Hollywood? Like, I don't mind it because sometimes they can make some great stuff, but let the new people through, you know? Yeah, Eggers has been doing great. The... It's it's always been hard though for for new people to come into that industry. The best way I've found that a lot of people have been getting into it is through TV. Um, yes, we we watch the menu together, uh, which is written by some people who did Succession. Uh, I didn't. Oh, right. I don't know if you're familiar with too familiar with Succession. This one of my favorite shows on TV. Uh, but the director has only really done 
those kind of things that it's really cool to see him get to do this mid-budget like suspense film which has done very very well for the budget and what it is but like you say maybe that is the window into it maybe that is how you do it now right a little six episode mini series about watergate or something and then in so in so many ways that's like because it it doesn't even just have to be you impress some bigwig with your great tv show it can be because there are so many great actors who transition to TV now, so many big actors, that you can just make those connections and sort of even pitch your film idea to them while you're shooting your TV series. And suddenly you've got a big shot actor who a studio would be happy to make a film that involves them. I mean, sure, surely, sure there aren't many actors now who can turn studio heads towards a project but if you get enough of them they can't say no really if you give somebody the cast to amsterdam they'll definitely be interested even if no they're making how... amsterdam. yeah no matter how questionable the plot is if there is one that was, honestly uh... i don't understand <laughs> so sorry i, don't I brought up that <laughs> yeah i just don't understand how you get robert de niro how you get um you get Marg. Is it Margot? It is Margot Robbie, isn't it? Not Margot the one Robbie. that looks like her. Yeah. Um, and how you get Christian Bale, and how you get John David Washington, how you how you get those names involved in the project, mm-hmm. and w- without the plot being amazing. I saw. Um, did you see that the movie got review bombed because of the treatment of Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift was involved with that. Did you? You saw the film with us, right? Yeah, because she was the one who got hit with a car or something. Yeah, wasn't she? she pushed her in front of a car. A lot of people review bombed it because of it. Oh my god! Yeah. So, uh, uh, really don't Amps- remember much. No, but I do remember that Zoe Saldana was in it, who is also in Avatar Two. Playing- <laughs> <laughs> but if the next Avatar comes out and it doesn't do very well, I'm going to be quite disappointed. Mm. I want it to do well, but yeah, I also want it to be better. Like, here's something weird. You know the big ship that comes out of light speed, or not, what what do they call it? Hyperspace, whatever warp, warp speed. Um, warp they've speed. got so many names for it. Space something. I don't know. Warp speed. This is Star Trek now. Yeah. So when Captain Picard came out of warp speed on the Enterprise C. Um, you know the big ships have that kind of neck in the middle. Sure. Yeah, in in this new avatar. Um the the ship ships, Okay, so the ship right in the middle, it, it goes quite um thin. I always thought that that was the Eiffel Tower and that they had just put this ship together from pieces that were left of the earth. You gotta remember, I was like nine when this film came out. That's an awesome idea, though. And then I watched this new one, and all of them have the same skinny little neck that looks like the the Eiffel Tower. I was like, ah. But how cool would it? One that's just got like the Statue of Liberty tacked onto it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, 
I thought it was kind of made up like this is humanity's final warp ready spaceship and they've had to put just some monument on it you know one has the washington monument on it one has um the pyramid yeah one has a pyramid on it one has like the the statue of god or jesus from rio de janeiro in it Mm. what did you think about right at the end of this new one where they kind of plugged themselves into the underwater tree and he could talk to his son again because that nice... really weirded me out. Because what does death mean now? I think death still means death. But you can still talk to them. Yeah. In this new and it was I didn't get the sense that it was oh, it's just like a figment of them. It's like the paintings in Harry Potter. No, I got the sense of this is them, but it's mm. just like their essence. But they can still make new memories and all that. They can still learn from what's going on. It just it not too much the bits that aren't fleshed out about this world interest me enough that I want to know, but they would it wouldn't be done in a way that would service the story. Yeah. It would just kind of be like, oh, we've done this for not really much reason. I so think there, there are, there really are a lot of things. There, there are a lot of things that I think feel tacked on. I think the ending very much feels like a, a Lord of the Rings situation where there's an ending on top of an ending on top of an ending. Great and... endings. Sure. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, okay. But I think it was less just about... I don't have much to say about that idea because at that point I was just kind of expecting it to end. Because it's just, as I said, an ending on top of an ending. And I think if they were going to include at all, include at the start of the next film, be ambitious with the next film and don't expect people who've never seen Avatar before to come in and watch Avatar 3. And, I don't know, do like a bit of a last goodbye for real this time to that character through Jake Sully seeing a memory of his kid at the start of the third film. Mm-hmm. And then just end the second film with his funeral. Yeah, I can see that. What did you think of the anime montage sequence where they learned to, uh, uh, like swim with the water dragons? I, I didn't mind it. I do think maybe they learned a bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. Didn't really feel like much of a struggle. I didn't really get like the sense of how long it took. The the amount of time they were there. Yeah. I don't know. There was something weird about the pacing of it in general. Because there are but... points that feel too long. And there are points that feel too short. Yeah. You've got 70 seconds of establishing shots. The thing happens. And then you've got another 20 seconds on top of that. Yeah. Okay, I understand that the CG is amazing, but let's let's you know get on with the story now. Yeah, which has never really been a problem for James Cameron, right? The story mm. was very upfront and personal in uh, Aliens. You know, as soon as you're in, you are in that world. Okay, he's wo- she's woken up. She's working with these people, and they go down to LV four twenty six and. 
everything is introduced very well, but it never takes away from the characters at the same time or the CG or the miniatures that are used. Everything works in tandem with each other instead of one having to kind of be put aside so the other could be really good, really well made. Yeah, it is a bit. I don't know. I have kind of come to believe that I don't know. James Cameron is a good director, but I, to me, it's kind of stuck out to me that he's always chosen spectacle over substance. Okay, but then, would you say True Lies is spectacle? Because you know that's what? that's you what know... I need to watch. I guess to... that's a comedy about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, and it's actually really funny. But like he he's proved himself that he can do these smaller events, you know. Like Titanic is a huge CG thing, and Terminator Two is a huge action film. But that first Terminator is quite low key for most of it. Yeah. There is a man walking around and he's like shooting people on their doorsteps, but I'm not you the big CGI stuff doesn't really happen until right at the end when that the stop motion of the Terminator comes out. From this right from the outset you're getting in Avatar 2, sorry, right from the outset you're getting what's happened since. Uh, oh, look, I know the language like it's English. Oh, we've got still got some humans, but a lot of them went home. This It really depends on what you're looking for. Mm. Though you do say that spectacle is a thing. I do think James Cameron knows that he wants spectacle to get people in. It's never going to change his view on... We're never going to be able to change his view of let's make a smaller budget because he has this money now. Yeah, couldn't agree more on that. Do you not think Avatar is a prime example of spectacle taking too much control and taking too much precedence over substance? Because I think this is a film that's so much, so much more about family that there should have been more family moments, more, more to actually get you to care about each individual kid, and that's a. That's a tough task. That's a humongous task as it is. Is that why Vin Diesel's on the cast list? Because <laughs> the film's about family. <laughs> we um, just he is he just he is the theme of family. You know, he, is, he has yeah. to be credited every time there's a family film. <laughs> I think you can have both. But I don't let's take a film from this year that me and you definitely liked, and we both saw several times. Amsterdam. Uh, <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once is so... has so many points where the spectacle is huge. Yes. You know, you, you're watching eight different versions of this woman all have their own little things happening. Mm. But you never fall short of how each person got there and why they're having this conversation or why Jamie Lee Curtis now has um, sausage fingers, all this different stuff. And that still keeps the family dynamic. Yes, there's less characters, but I still understand 
what each of them are thinking. If anything, actually, it has more characters because you're watching the same characters 11 times or eight times, all with different personalities. Yeah. Do you know what I think it is? I think um, everything everywhere, or I'm, I might just sound like the most um, ignorant young person now and just saying that there is so much going on in everything everywhere, your brain can't turn off. You can you have to stay engaged because so much is happening. Like a TikTok um, video. Yeah, and I hate TikTok. Yeah. Um but like Avatar, I think it's like you say, um James Cameron seems to feel like everyone loves Pandora so much. And maybe they do, maybe that's why this film's done so well as well as the first one. But it's like Pandora is the main character, it is the focus of the story. There is so much just let's look at this part now and let's look at that you know let's just observe it like a documentary which i think you also called it that mm -hmm. i think the pacing and the characters suffer for it i think it's just spending a lot of time or not very much in avatar 2 and yeah. maybe in avatar 1 it's been a while since i've seen it and it and it needs to I think focus more on the many characters that's trying to get us to care about. I think using your characters as vessels to experience the world, it's almost like a glass cannon. Or you, it can be done very well, and you know you could do it really well once. But if there's one little problem, everything goes. How much do you think Avatar 2 had on budget? Hopefully you don't know this. Just not, Avatar 2. I'm not great with budget with film budgets in general, to be honest. I'd, I'd rather you made a guess. So um, my guess was uh, $175 million. Okay, I'm going to say $250. you are completely right. $250 million. Wow, okay. See, you say you're not very good at budgets, and then you blow me out of the water. <laughs> well, I use that as a baseline. I feel like if you just had me start out with a guess, I would have yeah. gone way higher. I, I, I'd I, give it a three uh, stars, but I don't think it's a bad film. No. And I don't... All the A lot of people giving it the one and one and a half stars, to me that seems a bit over the top, because... The stuff that this does right, it does better than most movies. The the water technology, the though though the story isn't there and the characters are weaker than his older ones, I don't really care because I'm that interested in what's happening. Yeah, and yeah. just the the I'm more interested. I'm interested in what's happening visually. You know, oh wow, the new hovercraft has just come out and it looks crazy. Let's be interested in what's going on there. Even though, yeah, I may not know all the characters' names, it doesn't matter that much in that sense. Yeah. For, for me, I think it's... I mean, whilst the spectacle of it is exactly that, it's a spectacle, it's wonderful to look at. It does need a bit more, and um, I think it does have the benefit of 
um, leaving you wondering where it's going and what things they've set up for the sequel um, are what or just how they're going to be addressed. Like the thing with Spider and I don't know. Yeah, I think there was enough there to I don't know, make me want to watch the next one, but not like excited to watch it. Yeah. Well, what else can we also talk about with environmental issues? Because now we've done the forests and we've done the seas and the oceans. The Avatar is built on this environmental message. Even if people like to say it's apolitical, it's really not. It is built on this message. I don't want to see avatars nuking each other. Mm. You know what I mean? That that doesn't that they're supposed to be primitive. So I'm I'm off the belief that direction probably not. I'm off the belief that they're going to go really meta with it, sort of like Matrix, right? Where they basically say, "Okay, James Cameron's not involved anymore. We're on the third or fourth movie. Let's bring in Christopher Nolan." be really meta about it where he's making the film but he's also the villain in the film there's a blue avatar (laughs) of of chris nolan (laughs) but he's the next human villain who comes in with the intent to make these explosions for real (laughs) (laughs) you said this is a joke i would watch this and he somehow makes avatars themselves real and actually starts murdering them because yeah. it all has to look legit. Of and, course. Yeah. I've always been more interested in the in the smaller scale stuff, whether that's like the prestige next to Inception or Home um Homecoming, uh Spider Man Homecoming next to Spider Man No Way Home or trying to think of more things that are low stakes but avatar is like almost world ending stakes you know oh this thing stops like uh, stops human life lifespan from continuing blah 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 stops human aging sorry like so it's already kind of on the back foot to try and make me really really care about it and if they keep trying to ramp up the world-ending plots, this might lose me. This series might lose me. And I don't want it to, because as much as Avatar might not be for me, James Cameron is a great director, and I want to see him do good films. Yeah. Do you think a great way of showing off the beauty of Pandora would be to do something risky and show the state of Earth in this time period? In contrast, if you show, I don't know how you would show Earth. Like, would you just cut back to it and there's like a a big general and he looks out on a wasteland? It looks like Mad Max, or because the primitives can't invade Earth. That's stupid. Yeah, that would be stupid. I don't know how they would do it. Maybe in some kind of flashback to, um. Can't remember the name of the villain, the Colonel. Do you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do. Yeah. If they had some kind of flashback with him and his wife or something, 
and that was a little bit of a window into how the planet looks and it would also make him maybe a bit more of a sympathetic character i might a bit of a character study might slightly be annoying you here by saying this we have seen this um if you watch the extended cut yes it's there's an extended cut of avatar one you see jake sully on earth before right uh and you don't really see much but you just see that it looks like blade runner you know small apartments it's always dark it's always raining but you don't really understand why so i'd like to see more of of the world itself instead of just his why he chose to go to pandora yeah Um, or a flashback of jake sully i mean i don't know how they would do him in human form and have him look the same age as he did back when he did the first one Visual de-aging's doing very well. Look at the Irishman. And Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, no. that I really hope that's good, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. I love that first. The, the first and the third Indiana Jones film are so great. See, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm probably quite controversial in that I really like Temple of Doom. Yeah? Yeah. You don't hear that opinion very often. Yeah, no, no, I respect that. I just think it's very fun. I I do find Willie annoying, like I'm sure everyone does. But but Short I, Round makes up for it. What yeah, king. I love Short Round. Well, King. <laughs> yeah. So cool that he's the guy in everything, everywhere all at once. Yeah. Um, this is a great segue. Actually, is everything everywhere all at once your film of the year? Then it is not. Which. No? Is kind of weird to me because I, when I watched it, I watched it three times in the cinema. I loved it. You know, I was like, nothing's going to get better than this. Mm-hmm. And I took my mates to see it. I just, and now it's not my film of the year because I watched Nope again. Well, that's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Because I, I loved um, Get Out. I think most of us like it out, and I haven't seen us yet. Yeah, but Nope was the most small-scale alien film. It's still sci-fi, but it's got the smaller scale. You've basically got five characters. Yeah. You know, you got Stephen Ewan, you got Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, uh, the guy with the camera. And what's that guy named? Brandon Perrier? The guy who worked at at the store who put their their cameras in. Yeah. And that's all you need. And there's like a little, there's so many little references in there. The second time you watch it and you realize like, oh, he was feeding the horses to the alien. Maybe Mm. I didn't get that the first time because I'm stupid, but. I didn't get that the first time. I was ri- it kept me like this is one of the best ways I've seen of telling a new age UFO story mm-hmm. and linking it in with looking the animals in the eyes. Do you know what it makes me really- think, right? It's like it's like it's trying to say the whole thing about how we need to know when to leave well enough alone and stop trying to make a spectacle out of disaster and stuff. It's almost like pointing and laughing at 
alien invasion films that are set in big cities and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's doing almost what Avatar wanted to do. Like, doing this leave the environment alone. But instead of instead of us going to them, the bad the like the bad part of the environment has come to us, but that doesn't mean we have the right to claim it as our own mm-hmm. or try and like control it because we don't in that aspect as well. Yeah. And then everything everywhere all at once is second. Third, that's a bit more difficult because I loved Guillermo del Toro's um, Pinocchio, if you've seen that yet. Okay, but let's say your third one has to be a cinema release, though. Has to be a cinema release. Yeah. It's going to be either The Northman or Batman. Probably Batman. The Batman, not Bat... Wait, is it The... The Batman. The Batman, right. Um, Yeah, just... So... I, that's that quite surprised me actually because we haven't said anything about the Batman. Where does the menu fit then on your list? The menu's next. Yeah. After the the menu, if if the Batman is next, is third, then menu and Northman are tied for fourth, fourth and fifth. Like Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Top Gun Maverick's after them too. Northman, okay. I love, but it doesn't. Actually, I'll probably put the menu above the Northman. Because the Northman has a lot of stuff, but it doesn't do what I wanted it to. You know, it's mm. a bit more about tradition and all that, while the menu, that surprised me in the way of how she got away and but... learning about his, learning about Ralph Fiennes, what's his name? Le- when they learned about the chef's past mm. and how she got out of it and the rest of them didn't, I loved all of that. Yeah. It isn't... And not to like criticize, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't ruin your perception of the Northman. Go for it, go for it. Isn't the Northman basically R rated live action Lion King? Yes. Well, they're both based on Hamlet, the, uh, the Shakespeare play. And I mean, I can't remember him trying to have sex with his sister in uh, The Lion King. It's gen. It's still. The scene. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it still interested me enough that because I like Robert Eggers' stuff, I'd probably say it's his weakest film. Eggers' weakest film. Yeah. But it still kept me engrossed the entire time. But I didn't want to see it again. The Batman I watched again. The Menu I watched again. The North you watched Man, the Menu like, again, did you? Yeah, I watched it. Um completely legally and yeah it, it, you see a lot more setup you know mm-hmm. you see a lot more setup with um nicholas holt's character him just turning up and being like i'm here for the palette these people don't understand when really when really he's being just as much of a twat as the rest of them mm-hmm. he thinks he's above them all when he's really not and to put it against contemporary food culture, one of the most pretentious and elitist things is, is I would completely love, genius. I would love to find out if Gordon Ramsay watched that and if he had any thoughts. <laughs> it's raw! <laughs> <laughs> he, he took it as an inspiration. 
Where is the bread? Yeah, where is the... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I think that's it, really, to say. Yeah, um, I think that's I, all I, I don't have much else. Thank you very much to Will for chatting with me about Avatar The Way of Water. And thank you for listening. Do keep your eyes and ears out for the next episode. And for future episodes where I just break down films that I've seen in the cinema for the month, which will be shorter episodes, but keep an eye out for those. Thank you again. <laughs>